And we are once again back for another episode of Pod Oh My. Yes. Brought back with a special for you guys, for you lovely fans, for the great, late great Tony Sirico. Yes. Uh, he is Dan. I am Tyler. We both uh, had to, you know, felt like we had to do something specifically for Tony Sirico in honor of the legend, his recent passing on uh, July 8th. Uh, We talked about it just a little bit at the beginning of our previous episode, and we mentioned that we were going to do something like this. And uh, so we're going to kind of give you some some background info, you know, some stuff maybe some of the diehard fans probably have heard some of it before. Give give you some, uh, Dan's got got to cook some cookbook information. (laughs) Give you a little recipe as well. Uh, We'll go over some classic Paulie moments, some favorites of ours. Also read off uh, some some replies that we got on Twitter. Because like we mentioned the last time, um, one of the nice things about the, you know, the social media space and moments like this is you get a lot of community engagement and um, people talking about what they felt and how they feel about Tony Sirico, the person, his acting, Paulie, and all that stuff. So we're going to get into all of that. Yes. So let's dive right into it with some facts about the man and uh, where he came from and all that stuff. So he was born July 29th, 1942. So the birthday was coming up. Uh, Makes him a Leo. (laughs) For, uh, for you a, uh, astrology people uh, out yes. there. Yes. Uh, Whatever his that makes him, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and it, it, the Pauli birth chart would be uh, one one for, for many eyes to, to see, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's a quite quite the unique one. Yes. Uh, he was the son of Jerry and Marie, born in Brooklyn. Uh, based off of some of the stuff that I read, there was moved around a little bit, Bensonhurst, uh I saw some. I saw. I saw flushing at some point. Uh, there was another pa- another part of Brooklyn, which I failed to to write down, unfortunately. But yeah, the the, uh, the Brooklyn area. His full name is Gennaro got, uh, Anthony Sirico Jr. Do you have right. it there? Yeah. Ju- well, t- uh, just to yeah get there. Yes, he was also a junior, like the like junior in The Sopranos. He was a real junior himself. Shared uh, his father's name, but uh, yes, he was. Uh, says in uh i have the shut up and eat cookbook from tony lip who played carmine lupertazzi senior in the sopranos he compiled this great cookbook with a great uh number of the sopranos cast other italian americans including tony sirico he has a few pages in which he describes his early life and uh his career and whatnot and uh, a little sauce recipe as well we'll get to but uh Starting off, he uh, came from a poor Brooklyn family of Italian descent, obviously, and he was from the Midwood section of Brooklyn on Coney Island Avenue between Avenue J and Avenue K near Woody Allen, the uh, director as well, played Mm -hmm. uh, baseball with him. He said uh, Woody had a uh, good glove, apparently. Oh. (laughs) Oh. And uh, he went to Midwood High School, so I guess that explains there you go. that. Midwood. It makes sense. Right. Uh, he had two brothers, Robert and Carmine. Robert is uh, the priest. Yes. Some of, so I think plenty of you who were keeping up with some of the funeral proceedings or some of the stuff that was written. He also had one sister. Uh, her name is Carol. 
he had two kids. Uh, he was married and they did get divorced, but he, they had two kids, uh, Joanne Sirico Bello and Richard Sirico. Uh, he, um, <laughs> he himself mentions that, uh, he, he was, uh, a little bit of a, uh, I don't, I don't, he didn't say this, but he, he had a little bit of an adventurous childhood. Yeah. He, so uh, to speak. he, uh, he said himself in a couple different interviews, um, he did some interviews with, uh, LA times and he did, was also a part of uh, a documentary uh, from 1989 called the big bang mm-hmm. where he yeah. gave some, uh, some insight into his life. I love, love that interview. Definitely check it out if you haven't. Yes. Uh, he gives some really good info. We're going to kind of reference it at a few points. Um, some of it. yeah, but he, but he says himself, um, you know, he was kind of, he, he was brushing up against, uh, some real life, uh, mafia guys, uh, when he was a young kid, watching them f- from afar kind of he, he, he kind of almost explains it in the way um almost the way the bronx tale kind of plays it out where you're kind of watching the guys much, from afar yeah. and he kind of he kind of mentions specifically the cars the way they walk this kind of their style he he it really stood out to him and um he uh eventually started you know hanging out with some of those guys and started doing some all different things uh he was arrested a bunch of times in his life um, the first time when he was seven years old for stealing change. Imagine that. Yeah, stealing nickels, I believe. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, imagine uh, everything about that. Stealing nickels is leading you to an arrest at seven years old. Right. Young Tony Sirico. That, that was some serious shit back in the day. Yeah. Well, a nickel, <laughs> a nickel back then is, is yeah different. That was some big money. A whole different world. Uh, he got he was working in construction for a little while. Uh, that's where he really ended up meeting some of the guys that kind of ran ran a little bit too far off the rails with uh he, he mentions himself he would uh some stick-ups and things like that going to nightclubs fake fights and you know try and right try and ma- make out with some cash exactly uh do, say, do things like that we're gonna start up a fight here if you don't pay us we won't uh, we'll start up a fight every friday night you'll lose business and uh and made us uh, made us some money with uh, that way. I believe they. Uh, I believe that yeah, that Hello. he got a uh, charge eventually for that for uh, mm-hmm. right extortion charge. Right? Yeah, it was uh, an extortion charge. I think yeah. uh, there was a couple other things. It was uh, I think possession of a weapon and uh, yeah, chorus. Uh, yeah, I think I think maybe one other thing that I'm missing that I forgot to write down. But yeah, extortion and possession of a weapon, right. and that's act that sentencing is kind of was um i guess a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways because when yeah. he was uh doing some of his time which he from what i saw he got out early so i guess he was a, a good a good inmate but uh there was a performer group of performers that were ex-convicts that would come in uh actors and they would perform uh for the for the inmates and it was when tony sirico was in uh prison watching this when he kind of said to himself that he could do that and that he wanted to start pursuing that, and after he got out of jail from from yeah. that the- theater of the forgotten, there you go. Group, yeah. And uh, so it was after he got out of the f- jail when he he started getting uh, into acting. And to his credit, um, he has a lot of acting credits, according yeah. to IMDb. Uh, Eighty-two to Impressive. be exact. That's yeah, and for a late start, I mean, right. somewhat late start. I mean, he did start as early as I mean, eighty, right? I think he had probably, I think he had something, or maybe even early seventy. Uh, yeah, seventy-seven. Yeah, Crazy Horse. Or seven. Right? Yeah, in the, in the late seventies. Right. Yeah, that was his right. 
first 74 is 74. Cra- crazy, ho- crazy Horse, I'm thinking of Adriana. Oh, crazy yeah. Joe, the Crazy Joe Gallo um, movie. Yeah, so 74, but even still. I so mean, IMDb's lacking because their first one is, uh, his first credit on IMDb is uh, Hughes and Harlow, Angels in Hell from 1977. So IMDb, oh, step it up. That. According <laughs> to the man himself, you were uh, incorrect. I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I'm going from the uh, cookbook here. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'm assuming that's correct. Yeah, I'll, we'll take the wor- we'll take I the mean, man himself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is take, mostly take going by his own words. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll take it from but, the, the word of the, the but, horse's mouth. Right? But to that's that point, I'm gonna I'm gonna give off some of these acting credit or read off some of these acting credits. But to your point about you know kind of having a late start, that's one of the things, and maybe the number one thing I, in in my opinion that's like really impressive about Tony Sirico. Because so many of us know people, are people who get to a certain point in life and they say, uh, you know, I'm too old for change. I'm too old. I'm not changing any of my ways. I'm stuck in my ways. I've been doing it for X amount of years. Of course. And, um, you know, of course, this was a a career thing for him. So it was was a way for him to make money. But but nevertheless, for for him to kind of break off into a different world at that point is really impressive especially because we're going to you know mention well, i'll mention it now but we'll go into more of it um you, you know when he started the sopranos he was 55 and he exactly at that I, point I wasn't that, super right. successful um he had mentioned uh, there some some of the other castmates had mentioned he was living with his mom on mm-hmm. uh, on the couch at the time right. um but he did have a lot of acting experience. They were just ne- not necessarily yeah. significant roles was, or... In s- terms of uh, mob, he was uh, making his bones, I guess, right. to, so to speak. Right. He was uh, really, you know, just working his way up in small small credits through right. the 80s, early 90s. He got Goodfellas. That was, that was a pretty big one to... I mean, him and Michael Imperioli as well. That was also Michael Imperioli's kind of claim to fame everybody's oh it's spider from goodfellas right. i mean i guess maybe tony sirico a little more minor because he had maybe just like a, a few lines here and that he had the coming out of the car which is i mean an iconic scene right henry hill like ray Liotta, obviously uh, narrating that scene of him coming out of the car and then starting shit with the one guy and then uh a funny thing about that scene is uh paul servino he's playing paulie and he's uh, he's playing Tony Stacks, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. Sopranos, he plays Paulie, and mm-hmm. he's his boss is the Tony. So it's a oh. little, little re- reversal of name roles there. It, but it, funny, it, funny. Uh, I, in my opinion, he kind of has a little bit more screen time than you would notice if you're not a Sopranos fan and you watch the movie, or if you're just not really paying attention. In the first like fifteen or so, ten fifteen minutes, he doesn't have that many lines. But he's in, a, you know, a bunch of scenes. He's in, a, he's in a, a scene with Lorraine Bracco briefly, and they don't exchange any, uh, right. uh, they don't have any uh, interactions. But right. when his face is on screen, he definitely, y- made yeah, it, yeah, when Lorraine Bracco kind of uh, pulls up or forces, uh, uh, right, right. Uh, Joe Pesci, who, who, what, what is he, Tommy? Yeah, Tommy. Right. Oh, yeah, oh, it makes Tommy yeah, drive it makes him her p- to pull up at right, to the right, to the hangout you know, where uh, the where date, Henry Hill's yeah. w- at the time, and yeah, Tony stacks. So Tony Sirico, he he's there in the yeah, background, he's like looking like oh, oh. <laughs> hey, like he's getting uh, and and when they show the hangout for the first time, he also he gets out of the car, he starts right. messing around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, pa- a, that's what I was saying. The yeah. scene there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that scene itself was iconic because. Oh, it, I thought you were talking about the other one when he pulls in the the mailman because that's iconic to me too. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. That's okay. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That one to me because I yeah something about the 
the framing of him getting out of the car, just kind of his look, you know, just kind of the suaveness of him, his hand, the pinky ring on the car, just like just everything about that. It's just it's like the perfect framing mm-hmm. of that uh, gangster profile. He had, he I would say, at least for somebody who was on screen, like the most quintessential wise guy look. Yeah. You uh, know, I just that yeah. face. He just yeah. had that that face, that smile, that style, that hair, the jewelry, all of it. He would he he really and it's, it makes a lot of sense because, like we'll we'll talk more about it. But um, Paulie was really Tony Sirico in a lot of ways, of course. And um, he didn't have to do a lot of character acting, <laughs> and uh, bec- a lot of it comes from you know, like we said, his background actually you know really brushing up with some of these gangsters and whatnot. But uh, to to cap off the the acting credits, you know, he did have, uh, like I mentioned, the the first one for, according to IMDb, which we disproved. Uh, Hughes and Harlow, Angels in Hell, that was 1977. He did. Assuming usually IMDb is pretty on top of things, so yeah. I mean, but he also did, uh, you know, one episode of Kojak, an episode of Miami Vice. He did an episode true. of Cosby, not the Cosby Show, the the follow up Cosby. Uh, later on, he he did a, an episode of Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> uh, he did uh, a Muppets Christmas with uh, a bunch of. Uh, well, he did that one with uh, Steve Sharippa. Right. He was also in a couple episodes of Family Guy. One as himself, mm-hmm. and another one as uh, Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one is uh, was it Vin or Vinny? Vinny. Vinny the dog. Yeah. Uh, he did an episode of American Dad. And then uh, Bullets Over Broadway and Lily Hammer as well, as we mentioned. Yes. Um, he and bef- various commercials as well. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, a lot of commercials. Song, yeah, yeah, Netflix commercial, Denny's commercial. Denny's couple of funny Denny's yeah, commercials. Yeah, really good ones. Um, he might... I w- There's a... Did he do a beer, uh, one of the beers? Or I think that was Phil. Or rather... That um, was Phil at yeah. uh, Frank Vincent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the beer. I think you're thinking of the deleted no. scene, right? Yeah, so yeah, the, uh, yeah. That was a funny. One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was <laughs> a lot of good. Scene. He's getting Sopranos the, the cheaper beer for Tony, and Tony realizes he's getting the deal beer rather than the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. We'll yeah. have to post that one for if you're not familiar with that one. Yeah, g- a good little Oops. deleted scene towards the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, he was a. Uh, you know, he was a charitable guy in a lot of different respects, Tony Sirico. Opposite he, from Paul, he's being, right, a sti- right. being a stingy kind of right, guy that, right. right, in that deleted scene. Uh, right. Right, he was very giving. He was, uh, he, right, he gave to uh, uh, St. Jude's. He mm-hmm. was, uh, uh, did a lot of fundraising for them. Wounded um, Warriors, so giving his time as well. Yeah. Uh, he did a lot of that, some, or some of that with yeah. James Gandolfini. There's James, a bunch of yeah. pictures and, and uh, stuff from right. that. And they, w- they had went over, I think, to right. Iraq, Africa. Afghanistan. Yeah, I'm I not exactly it, sure. Yeah, Definitely it. went overseas. There's, Sorry, a, there's a few pictures down, of that. Give me a second go. I'm, lo- I'm losing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, not on. But anyway. Yes. Yeah, and um, like I said, when The Sopranos started, which he was at that point 55, like I said, uh, he was living with his mother on his couch, so had not... I would imagine based off of what I said, or based off of the acting credits, rather, he probably had a decent amount of compiled income from acting, but just had been spending it because this was a long time coming. So it started in the early 70s, and this is now 1997, I guess, if he's auditioning. Right. So that's, you know, a 20-plus year span. So if you're kind of... E- even 
through you know the the 70s it was always good money in acting even if you're doing one or two episodes i wouldn't know exactly what kind of money that is yeah so but nevertheless if you're only doing a couple episodes you're probably getting a good amount of money for a day's work but right that probably doesn't give you enough to really get comfortable off of yeah he yeah he wasn't in too much comfortable living until i think he really hit that soprano's money i think Mm -hmm. that he was able to yeah really get out take care of himself and uh, his family and mm-hmm. others around him. And it was actually, uh, he auditioned for Uncle Junior and yeah. David Chase, of course, went in a different direction, but seeing him, he decided to kind of create this other kind of recurring character, which right. he became a fixture, a permanent character, and that right. is kind of uh, in the similar, Yeah, in the similar way that he did... Uh, Silvio's character because right. uh, Stevie Van Zandt didn't want to take a role from another actor so he created the role of Silvio mm-hmm. and um, Paulie he you know he saw something in Tony Sirico not not to be junior as he was a junior himself as we mentioned but uh, to be Paulie Walnuts to uh, he definitely had some he you know how couldn't he see something in him I mean <laughs> yeah I mean that's that's the thing Smart like man. yeah like we had said um you know what there's just um a uniqueness about the man himself there's such a great i don't know if grittiness is the right word to say but there's definitely uh you know very much from the street you know street mm-hmm. guy you know and um just yeah just well yeah, there was a couple of different uh he had that real Brooklyn, you know, that Brooklyn grit to him. Right. Is what I wanted to say, yeah. There you go. Uh, David Chase did a really good interview with Rolling Stone. Uh, so you guys, if you haven't already checked it out, you should check it out. And it's all about, you know, Tony Sirico. And he, uh, you know, get, is interviewed about his memories of working with him and, and all that. And he said a, a couple different things, you know, in that regard. One of which was, you know, quote, everything he got, he made his everything. He made it his own. And he talks about... Uh, you know exactly kind of what you were saying in certain ways you know the way he presented certain things the way he said certain things the look on his face was just so funny that he not only had to involve him in the show but as the show progressed he had to involve him way more than it was intended and uh, that's really cool to see also because again like I said earlier he's now in his mid-50s he's he got a recurring slash permanent role whatever however you want to call it at that time on a on a show it becomes a hit show and he still keeps getting better and you could see you know people talk people from the show talk about that he had a really dedicated worth work ethic and he was always really prepared and motivated and things like that and it would be kind of impossible not to believe it considering the fact that he gets a lot more prominent in the show and he's a very good actor and we're going to talk about more you know the authenticity uh that a lot of people feel but that's you know the the number one way to uh, really word it and uh the last thing i have before i kind of hand it over to the cook over there uh i will say uh david chase also mentioned that tony sirico the story's been you know talked about on podcasts and social media plenty but uh, tony sirico was the only member of the cast to successfully lobby for a line change in the show yes. and it was a small one i <laughs> he, d- stuff, he doesn't yeah. mention i don't believe at least in the where i read it uh what and what scene or what episode it was but uh somebody is calling oh i think it was yeah it was, you know, he it was um mckazian when yeah, he it was like when something he, early on right, right it was I when was gonna say it was season one when mckazian yeah. is talking to one of the girls in uh 
in the house of worship, we'll call it. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, and he calls oh, yeah. him, and he calls him a psychopath or something. Originally, they had him that Paulie was a bully, and Tony Sirico did not like this. He was very upset about it, and um, he successfully successfully lobbied to get that out of the script. And I think they put psychopath. It psychopath, was that they put it in right? there. Yeah. yeah. I think that's Insane what, that's or what psych- it was. Yeah, yeah something psychopath. like that. I think psychopath. That sounds right. He uh, he didn't have to a problem with whatever Insane it was. Psychopath. That was fine. For right. Him. He Whatever, didn't whichever it was, he didn't mind. He just hated the fact of being a bully. The, um, I believe David Chase said he wasn't exactly sure why, but figured that it had something to do with something with a background, whether maybe he thought of himself that way or maybe he got bullied yeah. or anything maybe, like that. Yeah. You know, he no, didn't, nobody really knows, but he hated Regardless that of his character had moments in which he bullied other, like he bullied, he kind of, not as much bullies. I mean, he does kind of put down Chris and, you know, he, he does his enforcing, you know, mm-hmm. of, you know, through his character. Um, so, uh, you know. Irregardless. Irregardless. That's it. That's what I that's what I was going for. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was the uh, not only that he was able to change the line, he had mentioned to Terry Winter or one of the I know Terry Winter's I think had said the story. He had said said to one of the writers early on, you know, don't you kill me off, you know, or <laughs> we're gonna have a problem, my friend. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, classic Tony Sirico <laughs> stuff. But it, sorry. Yeah, no, and I I think. I think they, I think a bunch of people mentioned it, but maybe on, even on the Talking Sopranos podcast, it might have been mentioned that he would um, not be not be so gentle with people <laughs> who were getting killed off. And I, I <laughs> there were a couple instances I don't remember exactly, so maybe have to refer back to to some of those episodes, yeah, but where he was qu- quite blunt with people who were being killed off in in a very holy uh, way but in real life he, tony Sirico. there's the one story they said he, he would basically like do like machine gun like somebody would basically find out like they'd be doing the <laughs> they'd be doing the table reading and he would walk in maybe like late and then he'd see the person and be like, <laughs> like do, do some fucking machine gun side and they're just like hey, you're dead like just fucking busting balls but you know so just all, all, all the, in good fun you know that's it, but you know he made sure that he didn't get killed off. The thing about it, I don't think, you know, just imagining like getting like having Polly killed off, it just wouldn't have felt right, you know, to have that show end without Polly Walnuts, you know. They had to have him there to the last episode, even if they, I mean, if they killed him that his last uh, the very last episode, I it wouldn't have done it for me. I don't think, you know. No, they were uh, very correct but, uh, to not remove many. I think, of I think the Tony, major him- Tony himself was definitely correct in, yeah, in pushing to have his character not be killed. But uh, yeah, would have been a wrong choice on the writer's part. Uh, you know, as Tony Sirico said, you would have uh, been uh, giving them the business for sure. But <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's hear what you got over there in the cookbook. Yeah, I got the cookbook over here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I read a little bit. Um, you hear what right, I said? So he, he yeah, the cookbook yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right, so he uh, he started off right. He's from a poor Brooklyn uh, family of Italian descent, obviously. Yeah, um, but they were rich as far as love goes because of their financial situation. Their family was more peasant fed. He ate a lot of pasta fagiol. Lentils and macaroni and gravies, <laughs> <laughs> and he loved it. And you know he uh, he loved a good home cooked meal. He loved a great sauce on a Sunday, a Sunday sauce. Not all, huh? uh, it's one thing I loved. Uh, you know, The Sopranos always airing on a Sunday. There was always something about the Sunday Italian home cooked meal, Sunday sauce. There's something very 
very uh, deep rooted into the uh, Italian um, Italian background. You know that. Uh, Closing the book on you. Yeah. Losing the page here. But yeah. A little Brajol <laughs> and Tony on a Sunday night. A little Brajol. And uh, speaking of Brajol, uh, Tony said, uh, you know, there was so many scenes where they were doing uh, food scenes in The Sopranos, and they would have such good food that he would fill his mouth up uh, so much. And, and there was one scene in particular that he said his uh, cheeks were stuffed like a chipmunk's. And he was so busy chomping that, uh, you know, he forgot uh, that he was, you know, Having a th- you know film scene and had his uh, mouth full of brajol, which know, you could you could see, you could so see. Yeah, <laughs> you could s- tie your shoes and take a bite of brajol. Ju- yeah. Just based <laughs> off the fact that we're s- we as fans are so lucky in the fact that uh, Tony Sirico and Paulie are, are so similar allegedly because the case usually goes where there's a big difference between the actor and the character and therefore the fans don't really have a, a great connection to the person. They have a great connection to the character, but not so much to the person. Yeah. But in this case, Paulie is really very much Tony Sirico. So we much, yeah. can't say we know him. We don't know him, but we do have a connection to you know him as a person more so than a lot of other actors, at least. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, goes on to mention a bit more. Uh, he says uh, he doesn't really remember a lot of uh, food scenes from other movies he did, but he does recall killing a lot of people. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. he remembers Goodfellas, uh, Paul Sorvino cutting the garlic with the razor blade, classic Goodfellas scene. As we mentioned, you know, he was iconic in that uh, movie, even in such a small role. Um and he uh, says he thinks he got his love for cooking from watching his mom cook, as do we all, don't we? Um, and uh, he mo- when he moved out to live by himself, he started to experiment in his own kitchen. And uh, he goes on to mention a few uh, Manhattan restaurants and whatnot, uh, that he has a, a dinner with John Franco from the Mets. Oh. oh. The Mets. Paulie and the lefty. Don't get me started with those Mets. And uh, Il Cortile is a the Mets. <laughs> Il, Il Cortile, which uh, Michael Imperioli has mentioned before, but uh, Tony Sirico has mentioned, uh, you know, he mentioned that's one of his favorite restaurants to go to. That was one that uh, it was in The Sopranos uh, when Butchie is stepping out of a restaurant. That is the Il Cortile restaurant where he's uh, calling Phil Leotardo. But uh, that is where Michael Imperioli said when a person would be whacked on the show, they would be taken there as a kind of going away uh, hurrah, you know, a nice dinner at Il Cortile to say goodbye to a great cast member in there whacking, <laughs> so to speak. Don't make it filthy. <laughs> um, so then he goes on to give a recipe for Sirico's sauce, which I'm going to try to rattle off pretty quick. I'll give you... I'll give you his little rundown, and then I'll give you, because he gives kind of a little breakdown of a paragraph, and then the recipe itself. But uh, basically, I'll read it word for word here. All right, here we go. Try to do it in my best Tony voice here for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) The recipe I like to offer is my marinara sauce. I call it Sirico sauce, and it is positively delicious. I love it with a nice dish of spaghetti. Some people use wine when preparing their tomato sauce, but I don't. Here's what I like to do. I usually start by frying some garlic and olive oil until the garlic gets a little brownish. Just <laughs> a little bit, all right? 
Then I pour just a little bit of balsamic vinegar and let it absorb right into the garlic and the oil. Uh, about two seconds after that, I pour it into the pot and then I put my sauce in. I stir that a little bit. Then I put some uh, nice fresh uh, whole basil on top. Combine those ingredients with the balsamic vinegar and it's pure magic. Not that satanic black magic. You got that? <laughs> you follow my recipe exactly and believe me, you'll thank me for the rest of your life. That is Sirico's sauce. Simple tomato sauce. The ingredients, two tablespoons extra virgin olive oil, five cloves of garlic, two tablespoons of balsamic vinegar. That's a lot. I maybe cut it back a little, but that's just me. But hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what to do. Uh one sixteen ounce can of imported plum tomatoes. Crush those suckers up in your hands. One tablespoon of salt, uh one tablespoon of freshly ground black pepper, eight fresh basil leaves. And uh yeah, I think uh that gives you guys a good idea. I think that was uh oh man. Did that like a minute and thirty? Oh, almost two minutes. All right. And uh, a quick rundown of the sauce. So yeah, do a little rewind if you need that. Brown your garlic, throw your tomatoes in, a little balsamic, salt, pep. Bada bing, bada boom. And uh, was this the one that you threw uh, threw out on the Twitter sphere? I did. I did throw this. I actually threw the pages up and the recipe as well. So if you want to refer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the Twitter page. It's there. Yeah, you could search the Sirico sauce in our... Uh, yeah, I, I think I put Sirico sauce yeah. in the caption. Um, Sirico, Tony Sirico. I'm sure you'll find it. We did a lot of posts about him. So oh, yeah. <laughs> nice treasure trove. Sirico uh, Memorial on the Sopranos World Twitter page. And um, that's a nice little way to kind of uh, have a, you know, honor him. Have If you're in a, uh, if you're missing, missing Paulie. Watching some episodes and you're missing him, feeling and, sad. And yeah, and just to say, just from my standpoint of, you know, growing up and uh, watching my mom cook and cooking myself a bit. And uh, it is really just like a base, simple tomato sauce. His little vinegar addition is kind of, that's like his own. Everybody has their own little thing they add in to make it a little more iconic. And some people had commented on that like oh the balsamics is like an interesting addition but you know hey we're and there were a few people who did try it and uh yeah it was pretty cool and sent us pictures and we had retweeted those it was nice to see nice uh nice honoring of tony his sauce but yes a simple sauce honestly if you're looking to cook something nice for hey a nice sunday night and it's a quick honestly you can really do this in half hour if you got the ingredients i mean canned tomatoes olive oil garlic you know pretty basic in re- ingredients you could really whip it up quick but yeah just to give some something nice something to put in your back pocket from tony sirico himself so yeah yep a nice enjoy l- folks enjoy nice little one. jewel most definitely um before we get into reading some of the replies that we got from uh from some of the kind people on twitter in terms of uh, both how they feel about Tony Sirico and some of the favorite moments that they had, I uh, figured we could give some of the our favorite moments and you know the things that kind of uh, stand out about Paulie. I only picked just a couple moments because if I really you know if we wanted to go on and on, plus we're going to mention some of the others from the replies. But it, yeah. it, it goes. I, I think it's it's nearly objective to say he's the funniest character on the show. Um, I think a lot of other characters have 
humor that grows on you if you're become you know really the, big the fans show, of those the characters. The show is just so chock full of humor, but yeah, he stands out. Yeah, sure. he, yeah, he really does. Um, in my first watch, he was definitely one in funny quotes. I was definitely quoting the most. I'd say. Yeah, he was definitely my favorite funny character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, uh, the, the things that kind of stood out too, kind of like yeah, I would say physical traits. Um, just that that closed mouth smile that he had. <laughs> that, and like I said, it was just the kinda typical, had to, yeah, just, yeah, a certain grin just, to him. Yeah, just the typical wise guy smile, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I guess smile is not the right word to it. It was kind of more of a grin. But there were times yeah, when I he mean, used I, the smile. I mean, I don't want to say mean mug like he had a bad looking face or anything like right, that. Right, 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 right. He was actually pretty uh, decent, handsome looking guy when he was uh, in his younger days. He worked out. He was. Uh, he did the chin up uh, competition three <laughs> three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yes, uh, yes. Ne- nevertheless, just the you know he made he had a lot of great facial expressions and all that. But the, but the closed mouth smiles and grins that he had, uh, you know, the, there was just something about it that was just like I said, su- such quintessential actually, wise actually guy the, stuff. The picture of him. The there cook, you go. The picture of him right the there. Cook is like Maron, that, yeah, it's, huh? It's great. Oh, and I think I, I do have that page that was on that post. So if anybody who goes to see that post about the cookbook, um, yeah. there you go. Nice, nice, sweet picture of him. That I, I don't think I've seen that picture around. That's, yeah, I don't think I've nice seen one. that one either. Yeah. Uh, of course, the hair. You know of how course. could you know? I it's iconic. Not only to, I mean, he just made it like you know. There have like I've seen like pictures of older gangsters like with that look with mm-hmm. the you know with the wing of the mm-hmm. little dyed hair here and there, but he just nailed it. Right. He just knew what he was doing. He just, yeah, just knew that was going to be it and just, yeah, went full in on it. And it was, it's it's so distinctive, right? Because, like, kind of like to your point, very few people pull it off. And especially in I don't, the kind of modern era or, you know, recent era, even late 90s, early 2000s, uh, not very many people, uh, you know, uh, you had... Uh, forgot who, who the character's name from the monsters the grandpa herman monster right herman yes, monster i'm trying to think of somebody yeah. else with the, the iconic dr strange and that's who uh tony b calls him right yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right uh dr strange but that you know that's a that's dr. a comic strange. book nevertheless I, it does I, make it work dr strange it like looks so poly like i feel like they stole that look from to be I, honest with you anyway. i don't not, know not i don't know where them, yeah, but, i don't uh, i don't know the the comic book lineage so i don't know which came first but you never know uh, but uh, but that is true. That's th- true. Yeah. Th- yeah. But nev- nevertheless, it's it's such a distinctive style, makes him stand out. Like you said, he pulls it off so well, uh, and uh, it's it just symbolizes him in such such a huge way. As far as moments on the show, the two that really just like you know killed me. One was a quick one. The Oof, Maron, he looks terrible. <laughs> Enjoying the club, it is he, so yeah. perfect. It really is. Even though it's so simple, it's so perfect. It's definitely one repeated often the, that I do, yeah. The uh, way they the way they lead it up with him walking in with Meadow and you know, <laughs> and you know, got to say positive. <laughs> say, yeah, he, and he's like, oh, you yeah, got to yeah. be positive. <laughs> oh, Maron, he looks he terrible. Just just, Nothing yeah. prepares you for that. Not even a second. Yeah, it's so good. It really is. And yeah. um, the whole scene with the psychic and from where to eternity, uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, yeah. unbelievable. Again, <laughs> an- another moment where he's got he's got that classic smile when he's leaning over from, from they kind of shoot and they have the camera angle of him from the distance. But, you know, the conversation with the with the psychic, his freak out, throw him in the chair. I mean, it's um, unbelievable, uh, yeah. unbelievable stuff. 
<laughs> another uh oof maron though that i just recently because uh because uh remember when i was uh big on that one recently i actually got the uh i'd post about it i got the uh, same shirt that tony's wearing on the on the boat there harbor bay brand yes yeah, a classic fucking dope shirt but Tony Sirico Pauli does a great uh, when he sits down after he gives Tony the rigatoni, rigatoni alla Pauli. But since Jerry eating it, rigatoni alla Tony, fucking, it's great. <laughs> all, the, all, just everything about that. He's great in that scene. I love that mm-hmm. whole his whole scene there because there's such a range of emotions because he's going from trying to please Tony and kind of be all right. But he's kind of like, oh, my stomach, you know, he's like super nervous and just like still trying to play it cool. And just he's just really and, and you know, Tony's just eyeing him out of the corner. of his eye. great scene. But yeah, just where, right when he after he hands it to him, he plops back down and say, oh, my God, it's just like such like a quick just like a just it's just every time I sit down in the chair now, I just get a oh, my God, like I just uh, I, I, just. He, He's <laughs> great in that whole episode when they great what, deliveries of lines when they pull yeah. up to, with, with the that meeting that they have with the uh, I, with with the, the um, Cubans yeah, Cubans. yeah I was gonna I, say I, Colombians yeah I think so, so yeah but, the but, Cuban guys yeah Tony tells him just relax Charo with you and Tony tells Paulie you know. Relax, take it easy, just stay in the car, and he just immediately gets right out. <laughs> yeah, like, and whoa, does not. Whoa. <laughs> and then the guy's like, "Oh, hey, Theo, take it easy." <laughs> uh, and then, but he, and, they, and that's the great the way he he pats he kind of pats it, he just not smacks, just like gives him the pat on the cheek. <laughs> you know, it's just like he just really had that, you know, just had that about. And that was uh, another thing too, because there were so many of the uh, stories of uh, coming out from uh, the actors and. When I worked with him and uh, Robert Eiler, who played AJ, had uh, had mentioned a while back, but the story came back out after his passing that um, Robert Eiler said, uh, you know, when he was younger, you know, first season or whatever. And Tony Sirico said, hey, kid, if any uh, anybody gives you any problems, you tell me, you tell your Uncle Tony and I'll take care of him, you know, just uh, protecting the younger kids on the set. And I think that was just spoke volumes. You know, obviously you heard uh, about Gandolfini as well doing the same between uh jamie and and robert Eiler as well but um yeah to see from tony sirico as well just being a protective um fatherly figure like that to uh you know to just protect you know just being that nice uh guardian mm-hmm. you know he was uh yeah definitely had a lot of heart yeah a lot of heart yeah because a, a lot of people uh, a lot of the cast members say and by all means you know uh mo- a lot of them either had been interviewed or posted things on social media uh you know, we didn't want to, you know, just read off exactly everything that they said in all their words. But if you haven't checked out, you know, yeah. uh, Michael Perioli's Instagram, yeah. Steve Van Zandt, Steve Sharippa. Yeah, uh, also you know, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of really, really and, nice and things. Um, his brother, Robert Sirico, also had a mm-hmm. beautiful eulogy at his mass as well. Mm-hmm. He had mentioned Michael Imperioli had words to uh, at his wake as well, had said some nice things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, t- Tons of articles, New York Times, uh, oh, yeah. Washington Post. Oh, yeah, Variety, that's the thing, too. Yeah, yeah it's just like such, you, yeah, like, you know, and uh, Ray Liotta, and, uh, which we call it uh, James Conn, not, mm. m- not much longer before, but I feel like Tony Sirico passed. It was just like like a bomb went off on social media, like just yeah. so, so much of an outpouring all over. Through yeah. And it was just, you know, massive, uh, w- really we, just shows, yeah. Yeah, we've we, we mentioned it a couple times already, but really, I mean, of like 
like we said, uh, in the, I think in the first episode when we talked about this, or the previous episode when we talked about this, um, speaking to his legendary status because you know he w- he was an older guy and he he wasn't in the the greatest of health, but it's still it was such a shock and it hit people in such a ex- you know tense and intense you know extreme kind of way and just seeing the outpouring on Twitter, it was just wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say I was, sh- you know, surprised by it or shocked by it, but at the same time, you don't really sit around envisioning those moments before they play out. So, I uh, to see just how many people and how much it really was, just at least for Twitter, because of course that's where we spend the most of our social I media think it time. Was, it was all, yeah. But I yeah, mean, it was all yeah, over. I, I'm not on Facebook anymore, but yeah, yeah, yeah more Facebook. Instagram. I don't use the gram anymore. <laughs> Twitter skin. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, another, but also to uh, another, yeah, so Robert Sirico's brother had uh, spoken the eulogy. His uh, last line was one that kind of struck me. It was just a beautiful ending to the, uh, um, he's saying, if uh, Polly Wal- my friends, if Polly Walnuts could steal heaven, so can you and I. I thought that was just great. Great, nice ending to his. Mm. He had a beautiful eulogy. spoke very, you know, just a really great uh, perspective of his life. And uh, like we had said, that turning around of his life from having a kind of trouble start, getting with the wrong crowd and everything, but then uh, really making such a change and really inspiring also. Like we said, to start from such a late age, you know, it really just goes to show it's never too late, you know, to to uh, make a change and uh, do something really meaningful with your life. Yeah, I, you can't say enough. It's it's super impressive because a lot of people refuse to do things like that. Even even if they're stuck in you know a terrible situation or on their mom's couch at you know the age of fifty five, there's still tons of people who refuse to to make that kind of change or be that committed with uh, a career that I mean, acting uh, people who don't act well know when those who do act obviously would know much better. But it's very difficult and very turbulent and to be that committed is just you know really impressive in in a lot of different ways yeah was there are there any of the moments you wanted to single out from the show before i kind of get into uh some of these twitter replies (laughs) i I would start like naming every moment so i'm not going to go moment wise but i just want to say like in terms of yeah his to keep it sopranos related i guess uh for his character wise i think it was great how they fleshed out his character like uh, and some comments some of the some of the replies that we got uh go to this effect but that he um had really did have a range of emotions he wasn't really just that typecast like you know ball busting tough uh you know he really had such like a deepness a sadness to him um that we really get you know as it goes on but especially the stuff with his mother near the end it's just you know, really, he, you know, there's some scene, the one scene where he's crying outside after he's talking to, uh, uh, Tony's talking to Jason's mother and then he's like breaking down crying outside of the, the hospital room. Like he just had some scenes that really just took you. It's just like, whoa, like this guy's really got some fucking acting chops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's really, yeah, he just really had it in him, man. He yep. had that dog in him. <laughs> that but, he uh, did. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's the effect. I think um, I think the, some of the replies really put it put into good perspective what I want to say. They, they yeah, I think they put it into words what I want to say. Well. Yeah, so we we got I agree with much of what is said. Yeah. We we really got a lot, and uh, we 
we would like to read them all off, but that would a be a little monotonous and not great for a podcast, and b take up a, a lot of time. So we singled out some. We're gonna we kind of go through them here. Um, Mess in the cities over here first. Uh, she said, "Paulie is everyone's first favorite uh, character on the show. He is such a fan favorite because he fully embodied the role, using his own phrases and mannerisms. Really brought the character to life. Such a great actor." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of those phrases were as I could see. I could see there was some that was probably yeah, the uh, writers, but some that was uh, definitely his own yeah, Dav- additions. In D- there. David Chase specifically says they, they kind of stole from his actual personality in a lot of ways. Uh, like some of the germ stuff, some of the mannerisms, uh, the repeating of the jokes. I think right. David Chase said yes, specifically he said. So was, was Tony Sirico made was up. That, yeah. uh, Paul, no, no, he did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so, which is so great. great uh wider glide over here uh pain uh Paulie painfully explaining to Tony in the hospital hallway the news of his ma not actually being his ma but his aunt right. all the years of his life heartbreaking every time i watch that episode tremendously yeah. acted by I didn't Tony see that one that's yeah there you go exactly that i was just saying yeah but even yeah even more so right that whole whole scenario heartbreaking and just coming from his character because like you know you do get a lot of the toughness of his character and you don't really get too much of that you know it's it's really kind of builds up and builds up until you really get this full picture full scope of you know who he really is it's compared to the other characters you know you really don't get that Mm -hmm. and um this this was just a meme from uh a buford 17 when we asked uh you know the day of his passing we we just yeah you know simply put out a post saying anybody can post how they feel or what they think of Paulie or anything like that. And he uh, threw out the gif, uh, what do you hear? What do you say? And uh, that's definitely up there in the iconic moments, iconic lines. Uh, he delivers yeah. it so well. Kind of a little funny for me. Uh, for years, I, or for a long time, I had seen that that scene is in a movie. There's a there's a movie where somebody's laying in bed watching TV and that's the scene that they play. It's just like three or four seconds. Really, all you see is Paulie walk into the Bing and and say that say what do you hear? What do you say? And when I first had seen the movie, I had not seen The Sopranos. And for a long time, a really long time, because the movie came out when I was kind of young, um, I didn't know and I was searching for so long. Where is that from? Where is it from? Where is it from? Then I watched The Sopranos. I saw it, and I was like, that's where it's from. (laughs) And by the time that came along, I couldn't remember what movie I saw it in. (laughs) So for a good four or five years, I was like, what goddamn movie is it in? And I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. And then like two years ago, I was just flicking through the channels, and lo and behold, it was motherfucker, you, me, and Dupree. (laughs) Motherfucking you, me, and Dupree. Matt Dillon goes lays in his bed at one point in the movie, and he's having a conversation with his wife, is Kate Hudson. And uh, because uh, Owen Wilson's character orders HBO for them, mm-hmm. he's like moved in with, with them. They're a newlywed couple and he doesn't tell them and he orders HBO, <laughs> which is uh, uh, kind of still on the newer uh, age of th- newer side of things at that point in the movie. And uh, yeah, just just a little anecdote for me. I hope anybody else had a similar experience with the uh, you mean Dupree slash Tony Sirico Poli Walnut Sopranos crossover there. <laughs> it was a uh, quite the moment. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this name. Um, Jay uh, Bernico. 
Yeah. Sounds good. If I'm mispronouncing it, I do apologize. This is actually, he posted a picture of himself with uh, Tony Sirico on set of, of, uh, yeah, it really is a very nice shot. A very nice shot. It's, uh, he said, met him on location filming at Satrials in my hometown of Kearney, New Jersey in the year 2000. Cool guy. Didn't really seem to have broken to have break character after filming. LOL. RIP Tony. And That's I, th- another goes to show that, yeah, right. so much of, yeah, he was very much, you know, very much himself. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, I think it was a lot of in the, you know, his voice, his mannerisms, how, he, yeah, I think a lot of that was just, you didn't have to do much more on the camera other than read the script, really play into the mm-hmm. emotions that they wanted out of him, obviously to, you know, be Paul, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this um, this is kind of like I said. Uh, we mentioned that people could just simply express how they were feeling, you know, in that moment where they were digesting the news of uh, his passing. And Rob Harry, seventeen, said, "Sometimes you just feel better knowing somebody is alive, living their life out there somewhere, someone you've never met but feel like you've known all your life. And when they leave, it hits you in a place you weren't ready for, and you lament never having really known them at all." And that was really beautifully put and in a lot of ways perfectly put. Um, we kind of touched on some of those points like throughout this this podcast. But um, it, it really that really, um, like I said, is perfectly put. Um, yeah, well, well, it's uh, yeah. I know like when Gandolfini passed, you know, it definitely felt very much the same with that. Like, you know, don't know this guy. never met him. But man, fucking hit me, you know, mm-hmm. Tony Sirico now, you know, being, so, you know after all these years and being such a huge fan of the show and now another one and yeah definitely hit you definitely just like he says there's there's something about just knowing that person's still out there whether whether or not the the truth remains that you've never met them and you truly don't know them there's some type of comfort in knowing they're still still with us so very well put by uh rob harry thank you uh uh, betty blanca betty blanca too a great follower of ours. She said, for some reason, it feels like the end of an era. In then parentheses, I guess the era already ended some time ago for many reasons, but his physical departure makes us face it. Right. Very that's true. A, it's a great yeah. kind of way to tie the, the whole thought there together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Another. Yeah. Like I said, very well one, put. another one gone. And yeah, you know, it just makes us face reality, which, uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, that is, so is life, you know. Got to uh, ride the painted pony and let the spinning wheel glide. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, a line that a, a bunch of people also pointed out that they really uh, enjoy, uh, a poly line that kind of sticks out to them. Uh, another one here from, uh, who is this, uh, Dude Purpose. He he, uh, he he put the clip here of uh, when Christopher and Polly is the way I'm black, Jackie. Fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, they, when they uh, ha- have to kill the waiter. But he says, uh, I miss him deeply. Nobody can compare to this. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> and it's really... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's really true. I mean, a lot of the a lot of guys on the oh, show had a lot of really God. good... Oh, ho, ho! They had a lot of good ones. A lot of... You know, Christopher has a couple great ones. Tony Soprano... Um, yeah, Tony Soprano has a couple great ones. But, but Paulie definitely nails it on uh on more than more than a few occasions Mm -hmm. uh unbelievable nick he um 
he attached a part of the uh, a clip from part of the uh, documentary that we referenced the earlier. The interview. Yeah, uh, it's like a whole seven minutes worth of Tony Sirico going through his life. I mean, I, I do I have to convince you anymore to go watch it? I mean, just go fucking watch it. <laughs> well, what are you doing here? Turn off the podcast. Incredible and stuff. The guy, the guy starts off asking him like, "Did you ever kill anybody?" He's like, "Did I what?" <laughs> <laughs> fucking great. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's it's gr- the way he it's answers really it yeah. is so great because it gives he he lo- he really gives off the impression he doesn't want to answer it, but you have no idea why he doesn't want to answer it. <laughs> maybe he doesn't want to give away his reputation, or maybe he doesn't want to admit that he did it. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he wanted to admit to a murder. Yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another uh, classic moment from the show that. Uh, MMA scented chimed in with, and that is when Christopher and Paulie are in the car, and uh, Paulie for the first time shows Christopher the <laughs> shows him his what? Uh, no, <laughs> brings out the uh, yeah. the Billy Bass, the talking Billy Bass. Yes, and uh, there's something and so great about seeing him with it. And this time it sings YMCA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just something which classic about which him with the, the fish. Billy Bass plays "Take Me to the River" and "Don't Worry, Be Happy." It doesn't play YMCA. That was a special, special Billy Bass. But uh, that scene, yeah. <laughs> Paulie, Chris, he's like, "What's that you got there?" And, you know, Chris reaching for the gun. He's just like, oh, "I got these for the guys in the bing." You know, we got to take one for the uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because then one ends up right with Georgie at the uh-huh, bing, and then uh-huh. you kind of think. Paulie's the reason they got there, <laughs> you know. He's the Santa Claus of the Billy Bass. Yeah, man. But yeah, there's just something so great seeing his face yeah. with that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. The laugh, both of them laughing, yeah. and having a good time. Yeah. Billy Bass will give you a good laugh. Oh yeah. I'll tell you that. Uh, Hank the Tank LGR. She chimes in with a couple good ones. Um, just again, you know, the whole satanic black magic, sick shit. Every, everything about the scene. It, it just His facial expressions, what he says, throwing the chair. I, it's just one of those line, to, yeah. I think it's one of those scenes, like, line after line is just, just like, a, yeah. you know, who the, the fuck classic. are you talking <laughs> to? You know, that's what this is. You know, this is bullshit. You know, that's what this is, you know. You know it's just every line after. He, yeah. it's just, and his delivery. It's a, yeah, I had mentioned before, so many of his deliveries were just so, like, it was, you know, it was him. So mm-hmm. it's... You know, mm-hmm. it just couldn't be, couldn't, couldn't mess be re- it up. Couldn't be repeated. I mean, that was just, it was just who he was. You know, it can't be, uh, what is it? Can't be imitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, the poly point, the finger gestures, the hand gestures, the, uh, yeah, the two fingers, the, the pointer, uh, the thing, the pinky. It's the, um, they call it the Italian, the malocchio, they call it. It's kind of like the, uh, to ward away, it's like the evil eye type, uh, you know, sort of thing, like to ward away evil eye spirit or if somebody gives you the evil eye they say in the uh, italian um superstition you give them this malocchio this kind of looks like uh, if you're at a metal show anybody metal heads here you throw up those metal horns that's what you're talking about you know but uh yeah tony paulie he did a little sideways one kind of rocking back and forth and uh iconic every i mean i think uh, i'd seen oh, yeah. a couple videos there was somebody one of the big Italian pages on Instagram they posted like uh you know what do you remember most of Tony's Rico so many people just throwing that hand up you know mm-hmm. just a uh, iconic gesture and that's such a cool thing just to be known right. by a hand gesture right I mean, that's 
I was gonna say al- along along with yeah. the hairstyle, which is less impressive than the hand gesture because the hand gesture is more un- way more universal than the wings are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to be kind of kind of have distinctive. Yeah, poly, and like I said, it, it is like you're right. It's like part of part of like Italian culture. It is like uh, right. It is like kind of some like uh, something that Italians are used to. But it's the way he did it because mm-hmm. he did it with certain style to it. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was given like a Malok uh, kind of. Um, Gloria says in the one scene, right. they, g- they give the Malloy right. to the uh, to the gorilla. You know, just give him, you know, just give him that. But yeah, no, he he just has a certain way about it. He's got his charm and his just uh, s- just smoothness to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, then just the other day, we specifically asked um, again in preparation for this podcast. We asked if anybody wanted to mention anything else that we were gonna could throw out on the podcast about what they were feeling about Tony Sirico or anything else. And the first one is from, let me see. I just clicked off the page here. I'll get right back to it. It is from Tony Franklin 76. And he said, uh, kind of, as we mentioned, uh, I know he's, I know he's known as a hard ass, but my fave episodes was when he was vulnerable and opened up the stuff he did with his mom was gold. The ride and remember when were his best episodes. Yeah. We definitely mentioned yeah. remember when the ride. Another, yeah. I agree very really much with one. that though. Exactly like I said before that yeah when they really fleshed out his character when they really got deeper into Paulie. It's like you know you didn't get too much that didn't get that with Silvio really. Not even with like maybe like Adriana. I mean, you got more scenes with her, but like the to get into the character really get into their background more about them. I feel like they give really good you know. Got a lot out of Polly. Most definitely. Yeah. And um, again, like like we said a couple of times, just great, um, a, a great testament to his ability to improve as as an actor to be able to to do those things when uh, some of the writers and David Chase himself probably didn't think he could have would have been capable of that earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. Because so much was right. Like we said, so much was him authentic, just him being himself. But as he went on, I think he really just built up and just, you know, really became became his own, act, you know, just, yeah, became a great actor within himself and just, mm. uh, yeah, knocked it out of the park. Feels Good Man 777, uh, hilarious line delivery, facial expressions, and infectious, laughs, infectious laugh, excuse me, somehow very lovable despite his character being a petty, inse- insecure psychopath. And that's and the kind of funny thing because... Um, the thing that a lot of cast members said was that uh, Tony Sirico was a, a very kind man off screen. He was very caring, like you mentioned, uh, kind of looking after Robert Eiler. Um, but just Paulie, even though, like we said, he is very close to Tony Sirico in a lot of ways, he is Tony Sirico. Just Paulie himself, that probably could be really annoying in a lot of respects. I mean, that's a lot of what Remember When is all about. Right. Um, a lot of the tension of Tony and Paulie is just paulie annoying tony (laughs) um so it's really kind of funny that there's very few people who find him annoying as as fans of the show and is it it's in one of the dreams is it the test dream he said he he does stuff that annoys me Uh show tunes yeah you can tell he's clearly talking about (laughs) Uh about paulie (laughs) yeah it's 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 a great point by uh by yeah. Gooseman over there feels and then good. the the next good one actually says the, the same thing basically the same point actually yeah <laughs> yeah uh, uh Charlie Cairns Cairns yeah, five 
Charlie underscore. Oh, yes. Forgot the underscore. Excuse me. But yeah, can't think of anybody who could deliver such fabulous comedy and psychotic brutality at precisely the same time. Exactly. And that's a great way to put it indeed, Charlie. Yeah. He 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 (laughs) really did. Uh, John underscore Wheeler 13. I was told for years to watch The Sopranos. When the pandemic hit, I finally had time. Tony Sirico was one of the one of the first actors to draw me in and make me believe in what I was watching. One of the best characters in the history of TV. Flawed, angry, loyal, and amazing. That's, you know, one of the interesting things about Paulie to me is the loyalty that he has. And we'll definitely speak on it more, but we're going to have a... This is a Tony Sirico tribute, but we'll have a, a Paulie breakdown episode. We'll yeah. have more episodes that involve Paulie conversations and theories and, and things like that. Oh, yeah. So I, will, I won't lot, get into like this. Like we're saying, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. There's a lot tons, to go through with Paulie. Tons. Yeah. There's um, a lot more to his character than they give with the other ones. So the, so the one fun. thing I'll just, just briefly touched on, because John really makes a lot of great points. I think a lot of people, like we said, you know, Paulie's authenticity really helped them believe in the character and, and the show in a lot of ways, but his loyalty, a lot of people, you know, speak about his fierce loyalty. It's that way early on. And it kind of fades a little in, in towards the end of the show in a bunch of different ways. And it's just interesting. It's, it's a little subtle, but it's not that subtle, but a lot of people, I don't know if they kind of forget it, if they gloss over it, throw it out, pretend, you know, just want to continue to idolize a character that they, you know, hold, high in their minds um but it's interesting he's really not quite as loyal as it's made to seem early on he doesn't doesn't hold that to be true to the integrity of the show and that will definitely i think get he, into at some well point. i think the point i think he gives the he gives the facade he gives that he gives that he gives to tony he makes it seem like he's loyal he's leading them right. on he's loyal i think that's well you know he's not maybe truly but uh yeah he gives that i mean it's great in his you know in his act of Polly, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, he is, a, you know, his character is snaky, but he, he is surely not. He is, mm-hmm. you know, he, no, yeah, no, he, I mean, that's, a, that's the a thing too. That's, I think that would be one of the differences. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. It's, uh, like you I said. mean, we don't have to, I mean, I'm sure so many obviously know this. His brother had said it in his eulogy, but some people forget to separate the act from the actor. And obviously some world's different from, but, and maybe not, you know, in his mannerisms and speak, obviously himself, but uh, not all of his a- uh, actions, you know, mm-hmm. whatnot. Uh, from the real Tallulah one again, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, my apologies if I am not. This is a cool one because I think a lot of people kind of ex- feel similarly in different ways. We we kind of touched on it with some of the Italian ancestry. He reminded me of my uncle Maury. I grew up in Buffalo. And there was lots of Italian families in the neighborhood. Uncle Maury was just like Paulie. Loved kids, always giving us candy and money for running errands. But don't cross him. He had great hair. <laughs> and he had great hair. So, yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of people, if they don't, if they didn't have somebody to be like, oh, that's exactly like I know him from, you know, that's my Uncle Jerry. It's my Uncle Tom. It's my Uncle Louie. Right. Um, because Tony Sirico Poli was so unique, but he had certain traits that were definitely very familiar to a lot of and a lot like of people I said, who back the show. to that, back to like the uh, Brooklyn grit. He he just had a very realness, that old neighborhood style to mm. him. Something that probably a lot of people could relate to their own family and say, "Hey, I had an uncle that reminded me just of this one, that one." You know, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I I've told you as you know many things that I've related, you know. Yep. With characters and whatnot, yeah, it's yeah, it's all there for sure. And uh, again, Betty Blanca kind of ties it up nicely. I swear I didn't do that on purpose. Um, <laughs> I love. She says, "I love when we can forget we were watching an actor at when we were watching an actor acting." It isn't a given in films and TV. I enjoyed how Tony Sirico embodied the characters he played. He made them feel real. I got to know Paulie Gaultieri and his story, and that is part of what made The Sopranos fucking gold. Golden caps. Yep. And like I said, it, it she kind of caps agreed. it very well. Yeah. Um. A lot of people, you know, a, a couple of characters or a couple of scenes for certain people can really ruin the authenticity. So, you know, and then... And conversely, characters who really have a strong sense of that can really carry it and um, convey that to the viewers. And a lot of people, as you're hearing, really felt that about Tony Sirico. And I, just as we continue to mention just how real it was because of how similar it was to who he was as a person. Um, you know, like like I said, a lot, of, a lot of actors have a lot of different styles. If... <laughs> If I was an actor myself, I'd probably be more familiar with it. But you could tell there are certain actors who are truly character actors and there are certain actors who put a little bit of themselves into their characters, but they play so many different types of characters that you don't really can't ever necessarily say. Like Robbie Downer Jr., he puts himself in a lot of different characters that he plays, um, but he plays so many different types of characters that you can't really say that one is you know specifically him, but... Um, because Tony Sirico has this one that's really the claim to his, you know, um, acting career in a lot of ways. Right. It's just um, one it's of those like things that's just it. It's like we've said, you just you, you can't recreate it. Yeah, and not exactly that he was like maybe typecast as that sort of role, but I think it's just he did it so well. They say you know if you're good at something, you you know keep doing it. You know. Mm-hmm from uh fred underscore j underscore walsh uh similar it was sometimes uh tempting to take his paulie a little for granted because he was just so reliably a hundred percent solid on the podcast i'm assuming he's talking about uh, talking sopranos on the pack on the podcast they talked about how seriously he prepared to be ready every time out and i thought that makes total sense given the results cheers tony sirico cheers and um, I, I think that's a pretty good point, um, not only because he is so consistent, but his character is, you know, kind of ancillary in a lot of ways at the beginning. And then, um, you know, it's not towards the very end where he, he has some really main parts of the show. But I I, I could see certain people taking it, it even granted. Build, builds up throughout, I think. I think that you get just like these breadcrumbs of Polly Walnuts and these little stories and anecdotes i guess through through other characters and this and that throughout that sort of really builds to this lore of paulie Walnuts mm-hmm. and you know the history of him as a you know in the show yeah. right and uh again somewhat similarly uh stevie red 80 in most other shows he would have been a quote one note comic foil you see as the show went on he was given more to do and trusted with some, uh, and it was more trusted with some great scenes slash storylines he never looked at a place among great actors. Plus, as his friends on the cast say, he was authentic. You know, everybody has similar things to say because it's just, it's all true. Uh, yeah, so. it's it it the really speaks to the yeah. fact that that's the the real takeaway to have, at least from the fans' perspective. Yeah, 
and um, I kind of the the last one here um, that was put very well from uh, the tremendous artiste that we have of the album art here for uh, the Pot oh My podcast, um, Arthur Banks' girlfriend. She said, uh, Tony is just an icon. You can recognize him by voice alone, his hair, his demeanor. His performance as Paulie is one of the most authentic and iconic, and Paulie won the hearts of every Sopranos fan with his humor, quirks, and body language, and his fashion sense unparalleled. And mm. that's really, yeah, that's I <laughs> thought that was perfect. If I didn't, if we didn't want to do a podcast and we just wanted to express everything in about 15 <laughs> seconds, that would be about the way to do it. She nailed it. Ah, uh, yeah, that was perfect. The fashion sense, um, that's something too I forgot to, uh, you know, it, in The Sopranos and outside of The Sopranos. If you just, just obviously in his passing and going through so many pictures, great pictures of him, um, man, like, you can't find one bad photo. I yeah. mean, even the guy wearing fucking sweatpants, he's got swag. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean the guy just dripped with the, uh, you know, with the with the swag, man. And that's that's a good point. If you have not familiarized yourself with young Tony Sirico pictures, go to the Google, go to the interwebs, and definitely check them out. There's tons of great pictures of him from when he's off the set while he's on the member of the Sopranos, but some unbelievable young Tony Sirico pictures. Beach, beach photo. Oh, he's yeah. got the, the long boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's kind of got he's a pirate dope. vibe going on with those yeah. pants, but uh, he had an unbelievably dope pirate. Crazy style. Excellent fashion sense. Yes. He, um, Unparalleled as Kiki says. Right. Yeah. right. 100%. A king, a legend in, in many ways. And, um, you know, I don't really know how else we can kind of wrap it up. Um, we, we've, we've said a lot we've repeated ourselves a lot because like we just said it's it's just such it's just such the genuine takeaway from tony sirico's acting that so many fans have and um sopranos fans and fans of his work are just genuinely lucky that he went into that career was casted in that show that they recognized his his talent that they made it such a big focus as the show went on uh we uh, you know, so many fans are really passionate about the show. Uh, people joke about comfort shows and things like that, comfort movies, comfort stuff. And um, The Sopranos is is the comfort show for so many different people. And Paul is such a huge aspect of it. Um, he he gives off such such an authentic vibe, as we said. He's such a source of comedy. He's so consistent and reliable and authentic in so many of his scenes. Uh, that again, like I said, uh, Sopranos fans and fans of Tony Sirico's work are really lucky. Just to have been able to experience it and anybody who is missing out you are indeed missing out yes indeed and um i think uh maybe i'll say one last note here um one of the things that uh, tony sirico based his acting on early on was uh one of his favorites was james cagney and uh it was noah the favorite noah that said uh people say hawks invented the genre with scarface but Cagney was modernity. But I think Tony Sirico is modernity. Mo- right? Am I saying that right? I feel like mm-hmm. I'm saying no, it. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Modernity. I think that, uh, yeah, Tony Sirico, he was uh, our Cagney. He was this generation's Cagney. And, uh, yeah, great man. Yes. Uh, Born anima to the legend. Uh, rest in peace, Tony Sirico. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>